Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fairly Lame Podcast. As always, my name is Dom and this is your home of good environmental news from all around the world. And before we get into today's topics, another reminder to head over to Instagram at Fairly Lame underscore so you can see all the visuals that go along with all of these stories. And while you're over there, chuck on your notifications so you see each and every time I post a reel. For this week's dose of good environmental news, the people of Ecuador have voted to ban oil extraction in an absolutely massive Amazonian national park. Invasive seaweed from the Great Atlantic Sargassum is being used to build hurricane-proof homes for people in need in Mexico. Then in Seoul, a major highway in the heart of the city was removed to restore an ancient river. Sister Seas is a nun over in the DRC and she built her community a hydroelectric plant to help them overcome blackouts. Literal jet packs are being field tested by emergency response teams to rapidly reach and care for injured hikers on mountains. And underwater jet packs are helping researchers conduct ultrasounds on whale sharks to learn more about the mystery that is their breeding cycle. And as always, another reminder, if you come across any other good news or innovations make sure to either comment down below if you're watching on youtube or let me know over on instagram at fellame underscore so i can include them in next week's episode but before we dive into our first story i'd let you guys know that for ocean september course hasn't been released yet but when it does come out as always for every brace it's sold for ocean will remove five pound of plastics from the ocean and your support is also providing jobs for the full-time cleanup crews that they employ all over the world, as well as the incredibly talented Balinese artisans who make the beautiful and extremely iconic bracelets. Uh, and for our weekly check-in at the time of recording, Four Ocean are currently at three, uh, 31.3 million pounds of plastic remove. As always, if you're interested in learning more and you just want to suss them out, to see what they're actually doing uh, all the links to their websites and all their different programs down in the description below and while you're over there if you want to pick up anything whether it's a bracelet uh, any eco-friendly swaps anything like that make sure to use the code fairly lame or one word for 20% off store wide but into our first story the people of Ecuador have voted to ban oil extraction in an enormous Amazonian national park the Yasuni National Park is the country's largest protected area and one of the most biodiverse regions on the planet however the land is also rich in oil and as oil's been the country's main export since the 60s, the public decision to leave 726 million barrels in the ground and forego over $1 billion each year is nothing short of remarkable. However, it does get tricky as some of these lands are home to voluntarily isolated indigenous communities who are only able to access education and healthcare through deals with oil companies in exchange for being able to drill. And it's situations like that which are part of the reason why developing countries are asking wealthier ones to compensate them for the income they're turning down for the greater good of humanity and eliminate the incentive to approve new projects. But at the moment, it looks like the people of Ecuador are committed to the cause, as just a few weeks ago, another vote led to a mining ban in the 124,000 hectare Choco Andino Biosphere Reserve. So moving on from that one, our next story is about an innovative new way to build hurricane-proof homes for the less fortunate using seaweed. The seaweed comes from the Great Atlantic Sargassum Belt, which is a massive raft of floating seaweed that stretches from West Africa to the Gulf of Mexico, and it's so big you can see it from space. And when it washes up, the invasive plant can form a blanket up to one meter deep on the shore, preventing turtle hatchlings from making it into the water, whilst also heavily impacting tourism, because who wants to go to a beach that's literally just seaweed? So to help tackle the ever-growing pile, Omar Vasquez and his team are paid by hotels and restaurants to come remove it, and instead of sending it to landfill, they actually make bricks out of it. They collect roughly 40 tons of it per day and do it all by hand,
and to have as little impact on the beach as possible, then take it back to their facility where it's dried and ground down into powder. It's then mixed with soil and other recycled materials from construction sites to produce bricks that contain around 40% seaweed. And the homes they build with these bricks are surprisingly sturdy, as the first one they completed has been able to withstand hurricanes and tropical storms without any issues. On top of this, the material is said to be a great insulator that keeps homes cool during summer, and believe it or not, from all reports, the bricks don't have a smell. In total, Omar and his team have given away 20 homes to those in need and sold another 15, and as their production increases, more disadvantaged Mexican families will have the opportunity to obtain secure housing. Now we're heading over to Seoul, the capital of South Korea, where a highway was torn down to uncover a concealed river. The Chonggichong stream was originally used by locals for cleaning, recreation, and cultural events, but as the city grew, it became increasingly polluted to a point where it was actually paved over for safety. A few years later, an elevated highway was constructed to utilize the space above it, however, after just 20 years, it began to deteriorate and require some expensive repairs. But remarkably, instead of carrying out the costly upgrades, the city decided to invest around $1 billion to remove the highway, uncover the stream, and begin improving the local environment. And after 4,000 meetings with the public to figure out what they wanted to get out of the project, the final design was locked in and work began to restore 5.8 kilometers of the river in an effort that provided 700,000 jobs. The restoration brought the ecosystem back to life and increased its biodiversity by over 600% compared to when it was sealed. And the flourishing river is also benefiting people as it's lowered the temperature by 6 degrees, decreased air pollution by 34% and significantly increased the value of land in the immediate vicinity. Now, not to talk it up too much, but this next story could possibly be one of my favourites that we've had a look at and it's about an African nun who built her community a hydroelectric plant to overcome blackouts. Power outages are said to be a daily occurrence in the Democratic Republic of Congo and if you can even experience an outage, you're kind of one of the lucky ones as only 20% of the population has access to electricity. And although the government's working with foreign partners to improve the situation, there's some criticism that they might be more focused on getting power to mines rather than communities. But sick of waiting and relying on candlelight, Sister Caesar came up with the idea to build a local hydroelectric plant. And that might sound a bit far-fetched, but she was actually fortunate enough to go complete some mechanical engineering studies to help out around her community. Over the span of three years, she managed to gather $297,000 for the system that she and the other nuns managed to this day that provides free electricity to a nearby church, two schools and a health clinic. With the electricity, students are now able to learn crucial computer skills by using them rather than just reading about them in books, not to mention all the other incredible benefits for healthcare. And so for our next story, this might not sound real, but jetpacks could soon be used to rapidly reach injured hikers and skiers on mountains. Equipped with five engines, two on each arm and one on the back, the jetpack allows a pilot to reach an impressive 80 kilometers per hour for a range of about five kilometers depending on the terrain. They're said to be a cost-effective way to quickly get a solo paramedic to a patient and fill the gap for injuries that don't warrant a helicopter but still require urgent attention. And the jetpacks have already been field tested by the UK's Great North Air Ambulance who were stunned at how well they performed even in windy and rainy conditions. During the trial flights, the pilot managed to reach a patient located 1.2 miles and 2,000 feet up a mountain in just three and a half minutes. And the idea isn't to pick up a patient and fly them to hospital. Instead, the objective is to provide rapid on-site care and stabilize the individual before support is able to arrive. The jetpack is designed to carry a defibrillator and a variety of other devices, and the ability to get this equipment to someone within just a few minutes could literally be the factor that determines their survival. However, there could be a risk of the exhaust starting fires, as here in Australia, we've already seen massive blazes ignited by a helicopter taking off, so maybe this is best kept for colder regions. And finally, the last story on this week's episode of the Fairly Lane podcast is about some underwater jetpacks that are helping scientists uncover the mystery that is whale shark pregnancy. Despite being so iconic, the 
the breeding cycle of these creatures remains largely unknown due to the lack of strandings which limits scientists access to specimens. At the moment, pretty much everything we know about their reproduction comes from examining just one pregnant female that was caught by a fishing boat back in 1995. However, scientists are now able to conduct underwater ultrasounds to obtain valuable information that previously could only be retrieved through dissections. And even though the sharks only swim around 3km an hour, trying to keep up whilst having a handful with equipment is definitely not the best thing for scientific accuracy and the well-being of the animal. So, researchers have started strapping propulsion jets to their oxygen tanks so they can glide at the same speed as these majestic creatures and focus on scanning. On top of this, the jets also allow scientists to more easily attach satellite trackers to individuals that will hopefully lead them to the secret locations they go to reproduce as none of the 22 females scanned in the study were pregnant. And best of all, this technique isn't just limited to whale sharks but could also be used to better understand a wide range of other large marine animals without needing to remove them from the wild. So guys, that will do us for episode 53 of the Fairly Lame Podcast. As always, let me know your thoughts down below on YouTube or over on Instagram at fairlylame underscore and send through any good news or innovations that you come across so I can include them in next week's episode. Have a good uh, rest of the day, drive to the gym, whatever the hell you're doing. We'll see you guys next week and uh, yeah, see ya.